Hi guys, we're back with another episode, and today we have a really, really special guest with us. So Ashwini and I are talking to Hemanti, and Hemanti is the organizer and founder of the NGO Hum Hai Junoon, and it's based in Mumbai. And we're so lucky we were able to organize this. Welcome, Hemanti. How are you? I am fine. How are you all of you? Good. Thank you for coming. Really, thank you. All the three of us have been really looking forward to speaking to you about various topics regarding Junoon. But to begin, how did this start? What's the story? So uh, when I was in my second year of graduation, uh, I was also like kind of uh, working at different schools as a drama trainer. and uh, i was doing my graduation in psychology and sociology and um, you know i was reading about the uh, right to education and the right to education obviously is a law that says that uh, all children irrespective of their background <clears throat> are entitled to primary at least at 10th standard they can go to college, uh, can go to school and uh, in any school and they have to you know they like a school cannot deny them admission so mm-hmm. now what it says and uh, i have also been teaching children for almost 7 years now so one day i don't know why it i was just traveling back home and uh, i saw like these kids right they were selling i think garbage bags or something at the signal and it kind of got me thinking that okay like you know my mate who is from a maybe a lower income family she sends all her kids to school okay she knows about you know the schemes that the governments have and she goes and avails for them but what about like these people like why aren't they in school like we ask them every time that you know do you go to school but uh, i mean are they aware that you know they can go to school or they should go to school or stuff like that so um i went one day i just went around the station right i went and i started asking these families in the slums that you know do your kids go to school your kids go to school and they were all like yeah they do and then i went towards a little towards the platform this is uh, in mumbai in kandavini the local railway station so i went towards the platform and i saw like a group of 10 children who were sitting there and they looked like kids who don't go to school like and i know children who go to school i know how you know they would appear but they did and there were like uh, these two you know one man and one lady who were sitting there and they were wearing like really shabby clothes and sure i would like to add that i never volunteered uh you know at different ngos before this right uh i never had and I, i never really had an interaction with you know a beggar or you know thing you would give them money you would give them food but you would not like go and have a conversation with them and because you have that preconceived notion that you know what if they steal my money what if they you know do something right Yeah, definitely. So it took a lot of courage to actually walk up to the parents and like talk to them about their kids. So I went and uh, I asked the 
parents you know what they do and you know if all of those kids are there and uh, they said that uh, only some of them were there and uh, when i asked them their names okay their names were the i mean i've never heard names like that okay so he they said that one of his kids name was sallu and one of the kids name was spitting okay what and, spitting yeah and it was it was pretty weird okay and i asked them okay that if uh, your kids go to school and they replied okay they replied really fast they were like yeah they do you know uh, now there are summer vacations that's why they're not going to school they're scared they're scared yeah, of the right? backlash and exactly and this you know this statement sounded like something they are very used to saying because <clears throat> i'm sure people um, walk around the station and ask that you know do your kids go to school do your kids go to school and this was something that they had prepared but i obviously knew that was not true and i kind of told them that hey let me you know let me come and uh, you know spend some time with them and uh, i'll come and teach them for one hour and uh, we'll see how it goes from there so they they were like yeah you know do whatever you want like as long as you're coming here and you're not taking the kids anywhere you do whatever you want now back then my entire idea why i was doing all of this was i wanted to find kids who are not going to school and put them in i thought it was going to be that easy so i thought that okay fine uh, i'll you know uh, teach them a little english and hindi and then i'll like talk to a school and i will get them enrolled like how how difficult and the school was right at the station it was like not even a 5 minute walk from where they live to the school so i think uh, i went to school one day and uh, i told i told the principal that uh, you know there are these kids over here i teach them and uh, we would like to get them you know admission into school and uh, the principal was like no we cannot let them come because you know they have already been in school uh, but uh, you know they don't come and they take all the you know things that the school gives because government school gives you like free bags books and all of these things right if you attend the school they give rice bags right they give they give you a lot of things like it's um, they give you uniforms they give you ration they give you food in the school uh, they give you books they give you raincoat socks anything you can imagine the school right. provides So yes. what these children used to do is that they used to go take all of this and never go back. You know, and then uh, they would like abuse people in school and things like that. Okay, so that is why these the school also never really followed up when these people when these children stopped coming. Hmm. And I couldn't totally deny the fact that all of this was true. But uh, what I knew I could do was uh, I knew that I could make them eligible for school at least, if not in school right now. So I think six months in, I understood that okay, fine. I can't enroll them in school. I have to train them for school. So back then there was actually uh, not a lot of expenses. Okay, I I would get like uh, normal papers and all printing papers, 
uh, write worksheets and give them my mom is a teacher so she would get books from school so that's how you know it it started and uh, i think our, our first donation i remember was this uh, uncle who saw me teaching okay and i used to teach in a very like uh, very, uh i can't explain but it was not the cleanest of all places right it was at the station it was down so i used to place uh, uh what do you call it? mats on the floor and uh, i found like this one pole so i used to hang the i used to hang all the alphabet charts over there and teach them like that okay uh, was this on the subway it was not on the subway actually it started under the subway like on the side where there are all these cobblers and all i don't know i don't know the last time you went to the country. yeah 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 i do know <laughs> so i go there pretty frequently <laughs> Hey, nice. So, uh, you know where the cobblers and all sit? Uh, yeah, right yeah. next to them, there was like one empty patch, okay, which was like used to like throw bottles and stuff. So we got that clean. Uh, we only cleaned it. We didn't get it clean. We cleaned it, and uh, we put mats, and there was a pole. So we used to hang like our alphabet charts there. And one uncle saw us, and he was like, you know, do you need notebooks? And I said, yeah, that would be great. So he got us like twenty-five notebooks and pencils, and then we used to use them. One question though: How hmm. were you able to convince the parents to let their kids stay? Okay, I might be biased, but I feel like after the movie *Slumdog Millionaire*, I feel like a lot of families, middle class as well the rich ones, would kind of look down and assume that the kids wouldn't be allowed to even do anything other than beg or. You know, help their parents to earn money. How did you convince them to let them spend? Yeah, because uh, number yes. one was we were not taking the kids anywhere. The those like these people are like homeless people. They don't even live in like slums. They live on like the railway tracks, the beach, me that areas that they sleep there. And I was not taking the kids anywhere. We I was teaching them right in front of their eyes. They were okay with that completely. Yeah, because I mean, I used to come for one hour, alternate days. Okay, and uh, I mean, what would we even care about? Like, uh, one hour they would not beg or something, and I did not even understand. So some of the kids used to be present some days. Uh, some kids didn't come, but I never really bothered that much about them. Okay, but uh, the parents got difficult over time. So initially, the parents were okay. They were like, "Okay, fine. You're taking, you're eating my kid in front of my eyes for one hour." And then we are, we, the kids are anyways going and begging the entire day anyway, right? They didn't expect you to go through with it for a longer term. Exactly, yeah? exactly. So after, like, when they understood that, okay, fine, she's here to stay, that's when they started creating a lot of problem. They would. Purposely send like the babies with like these seven, eight year olds when they would come to study. So the babies would keep crying. You know the kid. Obviously, the older kid will not be able to study when they have to take care of the sibling. So all of that used to happen a lot. And then uh, there was this one father who got angry one day and he tore down all the charts that we had put up. Oh God, that must have been really tough. Hmm. It's annoying. And then. these uh, parents they sometimes you know forcefully take the kids to beg so they they started getting difficult 
like almost like say nine, ten months after I was going there. But uh, you know, I saw that maybe even now, uh, maybe even a year, uh, when a a person would come and ask them that you know, does your kid study? They would say that, "Huh, but eh," and they would know that they are not lying. So you know, there was that change. but it's a very slight change you know and i think you can only understand when you're seeing a person every day that okay this this is a little different or she's actually here to support like that yeah yeah they, but the perception yeah, so, changed right but only a little bit right matlab they know that i'm here to stay they know i'm i'm not going anywhere but they know that they are also going to cause problems for me it's like a very you know that kind of a relationship which I absolutely admire because I've seen them grow. It's not like I haven't. So there's this one family from living on the streets. Okay, we got her. Uh, we got her daughter and son into school. Okay, and her daughter is such a bright girl. She aced her class. She was felicitated by her principal. On the annual day, she was asked to do a solo performance to you know set an example for her classmates. Okay, from that, you know, they went to getting a house. So we have seen that transition, and we know that it works. Sorry, so how many years did this take? Two. Two years. Okay. Yeah. All in all. Uh, so that is since the foundation of Juno. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah, that's that's very impressive. I mean, two years is a really short time to see such a a massive growth. So you said you ready the kids for school, right? Right. So have any of them transitioned to go to public schools in India first, after first. learning from you? Uh, yeah. So initially, in my first uh, batch of kids, we were fifty. Okay, we had fifteen kids, and we enrolled six of them into school. Okay, because we actually prepared them for school, and uh, they are completing two years of school, like almost two years. Like in twenty twenty one April, it'll be two years uh, of them completing public school, and we were supposed to enroll fifteen. So right now, in the other center, we have around twenty. to 25 kids okay and we were going to enroll 15 of them into school this year but now we are obviously going to be doing that uh, the next year and uh, that's amazing that is amazing hats off to you yeah really yeah, it's amazing brilliant. but you know it is they already have the potential it's not like it's just like a little bit of help you know it's it's the push they need yeah, right yeah exactly I had another question. So you told us how it was difficult with the parents. What about the children? Did you face any difficulties with them, or did they resist? Not really. I don't think so. They have uh, showed me a lot of love and respect from day one till till today. So like, they have always uh, shown me that no matter how difficult things are, we are going to. try anything that is going to you know help us change or help us grow or help us learn something new so that has been very 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 inspiring like for them to come to class every day knowing how difficult 
you know it really gets you know after the parents started causing trouble you know they would fight with the parents and come to school you know one one kid uh, the parent okay uh, would not bathe the kid every day okay and one of our teachers had said that no agar you have to have a bath every day so he would fight with his mom that she give him a bath every single day and he would complain to the teacher if the mom did and he's like what a 4 year old or a 5 year old so that's so sweet i actually enjoy your instagram stories i've been following you for a while without knowing that you are friends with ashwini and i think there was one incident um you all were giving poha to them during a festival or celebrating something with them and there were videos with the kids going around and talking it was so sweet i mean even though their language was a little rough i was you could actually feel the attention you guys give to the kids there yeah yeah we kind of uh, focus on you know giving them that attention because they haven't received that positive kind of attention like even when we scold them right they know that it is for their good right they will get angry but then it is very different from their parents screaming at them for not going to bed or not getting money so they know that you know they they are like really really smart kids um what was your question i'm sorry <laughs> that's all right I also forgot your question for me. <laughs> It's okay. So the next one was so you started this foundation, right? Right. The NGO. Right. How did you get other volunteers in? Since I see your group consists of at least 5 to 10 more people. Right now we are a team of like 17 people. Uh my first volunteer was just like a family friend, I guess. Um uh, and you know around my building only a lot of building people who used to follow the page kind of volunteered and uh, uh in between i got a lot of coverage on like these local uh, newspaper local not newspapers but these logical indian and all these pages they kind of started uh, posting they kind of found that you know junoon was something and it was very uh, different like nobody was taking classes on a footbridge in bombay right it was a very different idea and there were some articles and stuff so people started contacting us contacting me <laughs> not contacting us but yeah and even our board members right uh, ashwini they are all from uh, spring farms and lokhandwala like i think it's all uh, it yash is one of them Yash is our classmate. Yash is one of our board members, and one of our seniors called Krithat. Uh, so our board members are also from here, and uh, that's how we kind of got a lot of volunteers from the area that I live. After which we started getting volunteers because they started contacting me on Instagram and on Facebook after like you know seeing these articles, and uh, you know we after which. and then we also had a website which had a volunteer form and i remember that initially you know i would not like to open it only because i knew that there would be like no you know no volunteers who are like actually applying to it but after like these articles and all started coming you know those started being more positive people were like you know applying for volunteering over there 
so slowly slowly that's how you know we started growing so how did you get like a board of members and everyone involved they come forward and say that we like to fund you or we like to support you financially or we like to support you through education or did they volunteer to teach i mean how did you form a team um, so uh, my board members right were like a group of people who knew about what i was doing and uh, they felt like you know i actually wanted to uh, start an ngo by then because uh, so for whatever reason i'll tell you that later uh, when i decided i wanted to start an ngo i learned that i need a board i need a seven board member group right so <clears throat> i went and asked uh, people who i knew that you know would you like to be a board member of juno i think i know had an idea of like i wanted obviously some uh, people who had like some experience with children with uh, ngos with money with like talking to people with uh, you know uh, hiring people or like you know getting volunteers right so we did get so uh, a team like that who i kind of knew and i went and i asked them and they said that they were you know okay with it so yeah we formed a uh, team we formed formed a group and initially uh, when you know after, when i decided and we when we formed the group we decided that everybody is going to come and teach so all the board members used to like come and help us out financially also and coming to the station also but then over time we grew and uh, yeah then they stopped coming i see Uh, so I remember you told me you wanted to you wanted to see how you could implement the new education policies. Uh, I've read that you know it stresses more on vocational training, like things that uh, you know children could actually apply. So uh, we kind of focus a lot on extracurricular activities, and we always try to encourage children who are good at. you know dance or music we kind of try to hold special classes for them where you know somebody who is good at that field suppose singing or dance they come and they volunteer for like a week and they kind of teach these children and yeah yeah that's amazing that's very wholesome for them and uh, yeah i mean so many people have i mean academics is you know just one facet but to build a, a a nice complete individual a lot of different things are needed so yeah that's that's amazing yeah you know i remember initially when i started teaching them um i i don't know why i learned that you know they did not know the meaning of picnic and uh, i was like wait you know how do these children not know what a picnic means um so i thought okay fine i'll take them for a picnic and i took them to the sai baba garden and uh, one of the parents uh, did not let the kid come because she was scared you know that you know i might take the kid away or something but the rest of the parents let the kids come and the second time on uh, the other parent who did not send her kid also started sending her and then picnics became a more of a regular thing and then we started going for like outings to like restaurants and then we went uh, to a zoo 
so we kind of like to keep them you know in touch with childhood which they kind of really miss they have their own times but even this time where they learn and they experience and they grow like uh them and i we saw penguins for the first time like it is it's wow. it was so special you know wait there are penguins in bombay in the baikula zoo <laughs> yeah Really? Yeah, I nice. wasn't aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I have to go to the zoo. <laughs> Can you please invite me for your next picnic in Monday? Okay, so our next question is: Since COVID affected Mumbai and is still affecting Mumbai really badly, how has that affected you teaching them? Since I feel like they. would have a difficult time adjusting to the sanitizing to the staying clean and i feel like since they are homeless i feel like they would be more prone to falling sick and how the teaching has changed for it so uh, the first week or two of lockdown uh, i think we didn't go okay so when we learned that you know there was something like this we didn't go for two weeks after which Uh, we kind of learned that okay, you know, you sanitize and you know you wear a mask and this and that. And I had to see the kids. Like there was no way that uh, the lockdown. I I don't mean to sound like uh, cocky over here or anything, but I I did not think that I would not see my kids. Like I had to make sure if they were okay. So there was no way I wouldn't have gone. So what I used to do is I used to go there twice a week. Okay, and we used to meet me. We did not like before the kids would like come and hug and this and that. So we never we did not do that. So they were they were living on one side of the fence, and I would meet them from the other side of the fence. So initially it started with the parents saying that they don't have ration, yeah, because all the shops were closed. Right. So uh, right, and so we kind of used funds that we had uh, to you know obviously get them ration. and that went on like every every week two days used to go and give them ration and this is only one center of mine right because the other center which is in borivali people live a little differently over there so even though they are homeless they have like a they live on the footpath with like these uh you know plastic things on top mm. plastic roofs mm. uh so they are a little more financially stable than my kanwari center so uh, they we had told them that if you need ration any time you tell us we'll come and give it to you so uh, they had not called for like 3 weeks but kanwari had like no ration and initially people were not even coming to give like like the starting of the uh, you know 2 3 weeks of lockdown So yeah, uh, we kind of uh, started giving them rations. Study was still off. So then, uh, I think after a month, it struck me. It didn't struck me, strike me, but it was always in my mind. You know, what if they forget everything that we have taught them? So along with ration, okay, uh, we started giving them worksheets. Okay, and uh, I would check the worksheets from afar only, and that is how we kind of at least made sure that at least they were writing, doing something. and uh, i think two two or three months in lockdown uh, we thought that okay uh, you know we can it is like if we take care of ourselves and them it's it's fine to like go like when uh, mumbai released that okay four people can 
be seen out together so that time we thought we can resume classes again and it hasn't been a problem we wear masks we sanitize the kids and sanitize their hands and everything and touch wood none of them have fallen sick throughout lockdown and none of the volunteers and the teachers have also so it's been going good so far but uh, one more thing that had happened was like during lockdown right when it was the peak right and everybody needed ration like we were getting stress calls from people saying that they wanted ration so back then i think i just put it out on instagram and on facebook that you know we need funds and people really came forward and you know helped us out there that's amazing so so you would say that being on social media is quite helpful then it is it is definitely quite helpful i see uh i had another question which is maybe more on a spiritual level you can say uh, you know we are born into i mean good families and money has never been a concern for us so how do you handle this this thing you know of um them not having things that you do does it bother you or does it affect you in any way um you know so for them that is all that they have known right so uh you know they they know they've come to my house they know what they're missing but they also are aware that they are born into this okay they know that i am trying to help them make it better and i also have that awareness that you know that is all that they have known and i do feel bad that they don't have what i have but i know that I am doing the best that I can to help them out of there. No, of course, there's, there's never any. There's no question about that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I I think, uh, for example, I have uh, worked with a few uh, NGOs, and uh, I personally find it very difficult to come to terms with this. I mean, it it genuinely affects me mentally. So I was just wondering if it has any effect. on your mental health you know i mean i think uh, you know so before i kind of started uh, an ngo people were like you know are you sure you're going to be able to take the mental stress and you know are you going to be able to deal with it and i was like yeah i mean what do i have to do i have to go I have to teach these kids yeah i mean they have some problems i'll solve them like but uh, i think then you know i kind of noticed that i was trying more often on very small things and you know things like that and i actually saw that maybe it was taking a toll and i think um, recently right i lost one of our kids uh, one of my students oh, no. and uh, yeah and that has been like extremely extremely traumatizing i guess but um i i think that there are more things that traumatize me than you know than like thinking about what they have and what they don't like i i don't mean to like uh you know say that uh, what you feel and what your concern is is not a concern but like for me uh when i've seen you know what they go through and what you know they are facing 
I uh, I don't know. Huh? I'm sorry for your loss, but I feel like you, as your NGO and you as a person, you're helping them out to find an escape from whatever they're going through, anyways. So. Right. Right. No, no, of course, there's, there's never any any doubt about that. I mean, course, I'm yeah. glad you're doing a really great job. No questions about that. And also, through your NGO, what would you say was the main goal, other than um, just giving them the bridge between the actual school education and where they are now? Uh, where do you see your NGO going further? So, uh, you know, um, when I kind of started understanding what I want my NGO to be and why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, this simple picture used to come, or like this simple scene used to come to my mind where you are in uh, maybe a new city or a new country where you don't know the language, okay? You don't know what is written on the billboards, you don't know what is written on the shops, right? And you know the feeling of being so lost in a place like that but now imagine feeling that in the place that you were born you know it must be so annoying that you know you can see everything and now so many written things are around us like you want to read it you want to know what is that but you just can't right so i just wanted to teach them how to read and write okay when it came to education like obviously i wanted to put them into school for the environment like because i've had children you know who would just not want to go to school i have forcefully you know like uh taken them into taken them to school when they were like crying and like howling at the station because i was a kid like that and that's how my mom took me for tuitions like very frankly and i thought you know that is how kids are supposed to be treated you know you you just force them into school but later i realized that see if she does not want to go to school okay there are lots of children who are homeschooling now i am anyways teaching them it's not like if they go to school they stop coming to me that's not how it works if they are going to school they are still coming to me they coming to me first and then we are sending them to school right so this world is anyways going to benefit education from you know and after which she can focus on things that she likes or things that she's actually good at so uh, that is that was like my idea and i kind of see junoon trying to impact a lot of other kids because it's bombay okay there is the there are a lot of children and families like this who are not aware of their opportunities and of you know or like all these government schemes that are there and all of you know i have seen that when you really go out you find people who want to help you but these people are not being able to find the people now so i want to be the bridge that you know can do that hmm. so uh, i see my ngo growing to like more uh, areas in bombay and obviously all over the country and uh, i want to impact more kids at one point i would also want to open a hostel for these children there i could take them away from their surrounding hmm. and you know have them grow in a much uh you know much more nurturing environment i am actually excited to see 
your NGO grow over the next decade because the kids you're mentoring and teaching right now could become influential people later if you keep following them through their middle school, high school and then work environment. Because from what what Ashwini and I both have seen from Mumbai and you know the house helpers we used to have is that the kids would be pulled back from the education when they were of age and married off or they would be sent off to work in farms etc so i would love to see how it grows in the future yeah me too actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah hemanthi is a, is a true visionary and i have no qualms about you making that dream come true Thank you. Yeah. So, are you are you doing online teaching now, or is there anything um, people who are not there or not present physically can do to help? Uh, definitely, right. So we kind of keep having like these campaigns and like these fundraisers, so people could help us work on it because we we kind of need help with that. Also, uh, you could, you know, if you would want to hold an online class or an online workshop for these kids, you could also do that uh, because uh, we have a tab that we kind of take to the station and like if any time anybody wants to hold a workshop like that, we had a virtual dance class which the kids absolutely enjoyed. So I would encourage, you know, you all to you know come talk to the kids and maybe teach them something, right? And uh, Yeah, you could also like obviously donate, and these are all the things that you know you can do online. I see. Yeah. So everyone who's listening, wherever you're sitting in the world, you have the potential to help, and please, please do help. We can all do something to make this world a better place. And um, yeah, I had one more question actually. Uh, this is regarding the age of the children you teach. So, what age group is it generally? So they range from like four years old to like fifteen years old. I see. And have you come across any problems with the elder kids? I mean, I'm sure you must have come across cases where you know the kids are getting beaten or they are getting matted off. Definitely, um, definitely. Uh, um. So, what do you think is a good point to you know intervene? You know, uh, so when the particular incident about when my uh, the student who passed away, uh, when he got injured, right, uh, his parents didn't take care of him. Okay, and uh, I did not know what to do at that point because the parents did not want to take the boy to the hospital. The boy did not want to go to the hospital. Uh, we called the child line. The child line was not able to convince the parents. So what do you do? you just leave it or do you go all the way so what i kind of learned is that when it is when it when it comes to the kids right you have to go all if you know that you are doing something for their benefit and you know you have to be completely sure you go for it like you go all the way we have had like two of my students okay older students she they got married one of them has a kid she's like i think 16 years old and she has a baby so i could not stop that okay 
there is another girl who you know got married and is like abused by like her father and like i've seen her father like kind of hit her with a stick on her head and like you know it is it is bad but i think you know you try to go on the way i mean do you come across cases where you know you're doing something to support the child and then the child says that no i don't want to do this definitely definitely we do but uh, like you know you have to explain it to the child uh you cannot just uh like uh, you know i i do say it in my tedx talk also that you know these children like any child not not only these children they all expect their choices to be respected okay they are not saying whatever they are saying because you know they are not making sense of it they are making sense of it somehow because of which they are because of which why they are saying it right and uh, if you know that it is not in their best interest you explain it to them and uh, yeah but you have to be very sure right um but now i don't know how this statement would sound coming from their parents right Yeah yeah no definitely I asked because we had uh, another guest and uh, she actually tries to help out she works with various different NGOs and uh, mostly in Assam you know so she was telling us about these uh, children who were these girls uh, 10 girls in a village she was trying to open a student school for them uh, because if if she doesn't then their parents will just marry them off you know and she told us about this case where i mean she tried to help out but the girl was insistent that she wanted to do what she wanted to do so then you know she, the the guest i mean the person make her she got into a, a fix you know right yeah so uh, you know i have heard of this that you know girls who are rescued actually feel uh, that they have been caught you know and not rescued Hmm, that makes sense. But uh, did you get any help from the government for this? Frankly, uh, no, I haven't. And um, I don't know if I should be saying this, but I've not had the best experience with like senior, not senior, but like uh, mid-level police people in uh, Bombay. Like not in Bombay, but in Kandahari. there are some who really come forward to help you right but uh, there are some of them who just don't think that your problem is a problem right they will keep trying to like detain you and you are here in your head trying to save a child's life and i think but they behave that way because they're so conditioned to like listening to things or seeing cases on a daily basis that you don't think that you know what i go there for and what i am fighting for is important but i've not had the best experience with uh, at least you know some of the cops over here hmm. yeah i can imagine you could have had issues with you know if you put math and if you teach on the station then they might just come and you know start harassing you you know so uh, there was this one time when these cops came and they were like you know why are you sitting here and teaching uh why what are you doing here and why are you sitting here and stuff like that right and i just told them that see these children they live here we are teaching them 
Okay, uh, we are not doing anything else. We come here for an hour. We are going to clean up everything. And after which they didn't say anything. They just walked by. I don't think they care enough to intervene, even if there is an issue, which is really sad. Do you think uh, it makes a difference to have a, a you know, sort of tag or label of being an official NGO? I mean, does it does the government help monetarily or in any sort of way? So when your registered N- NGO is three years old, is when you can start awaiting for like these government grants. And these government schemes, and even grants abroad. So uh, you know those are something, but it is a little difficult, and it is uh, you know a lot of paperwork and a lot of waiting to like uh, actually get things done. Unless you have the contacts to do it. If you have some support to do that, then it might help a little bit, right? And. I do understand that since you're not taking the kids far away from their house, they are more likely to come for it. But have you considered getting a place to take them to teach? You know, uh, I did initially, but now I don't. You know, because people need to see this also. Like when we are teaching in front, like we teach at at the station. Right. So there are a lot of people who see this. they become aware that okay there are people like this and at least it will spark a chord in their mind that you know we never thought of them studying that's your main point your ngo was known because you were teaching at these local exactly. radio stations so i get what you're saying no and uh, also because you know my ngo it obviously needs to educate but it also needs to create an awareness and uh, this is a very nice way of uh, creating an awareness and uh, i think that it's very nice you know i really like teaching at the skywalk and i really think you know we do it up in charts and you know everything so we create that space of like a classroom we have a birthday chart so you know i've given all of these like i'm not given but it was really funny how we got that birthday So you know these children. Obviously, when I met them, they did not know when their birthdays was or what is a birthday. You know, so I thought, okay, it's important for them to have birthdays and for us to celebrate, right? So I went and I asked their parents that, okay, when was your kid born? And they were like, ha, wo Ganpati ke time pe, ha, wo Christmas ke time pe, ha, 15 August. Ah, they don't know the date. They just assume it's close to a. Yeah, so that's how you know they got their birthdays because then we kind of settled on a date and a month and we like got there. So we also got their government documents like their birth certificates made. So uh, you know all of those things. Yeah. Oh, that's another issue because it's a lot of paperwork too. Because if you're old and then you don't have a birth certificate, then you need to. Yeah, yeah, you need to get an affidavit yes. and all of it, and then affidavit needs to have an address. So like. How do you put in an address of a homeless, you know, person? So like, yeah, it's really tough. Yeah, it's setting them up with a good base, which is really important. And I feel like your NGO is also giving them confidence to do this. Definitely, definitely. So like, I remember one of the kids, right? Uh, we have always told them that if anybody kind of tries to hurt you or you know harass you or whatever, number one, you scream. 
and the second is that there is some police guy at the station all the time who and like alert him or or their parents right so recently one of the moms came and said that the other people were hitting her mm-hmm. right and the kid said okay her daughter said that so when somebody does anything to me i go and tell the cops so if anything happens to you you go and tell the cops so for them to be able to say that to the, to their parent you know was something that was like really cool to me yeah okay so that is amazing because i feel getting the confidence to do it is really helpful to make their personality come out too and we wanted to talk about more about the kids and uh, we've seen on your instagram page they make according to the festival coming up they make things to sell right so diya for diwali i saw diyas right now for christmas we are seeing christmas ornaments as a whole package could you elaborate more on that so uh these are so we saw that our diya like when the children painted the diyas uh people were really excited to like get them and obviously all the uh money that is uh, fundraised uh by giving these uh you know items and like these gift boxes and these gift hampers it goes to like you know helping the kids further so uh it's not something that we do very regularly it's something that we did on christmas uh sorry on diwali and we thought we could do something like that for christmas and the kids are very excited they love art and they love craft and uh you know so on in this note they also had like this art exhibition right where uh, this uh, lady who is a senior artist volunteered and made these kids make artwork right and it was showcased at like an art exhibition and people loved it they appreciated it they bought it and uh, you know so those kind of and they love art so we thought that you know it is a nice way to show people that you know these kids are trying to make a change they are trying to be better and we are just helping them get how the kids told them that they owned and they sold that much and how was their reaction when you told them that you know people are buying the diyas they are making or buying the art that they are making they're very excited obviously they're very very excited and and uh, they they want to do more like this time because of covid we could not like uh, for uh, different festivals right we go out right like for durga puja we get them to our building for ganpati i get them to my house and you know we celebrate it properly and this time they were like really upset that they could not celebrate festivals with everyone and you know this gives them a chance to you know do that and we also have like these online events right where these kids showcase like an entire thing like they have a dance and they have uh, so this time we have an online event uh, where the children are it's called believe in your elves right so as a part of this christmas event the children are showcasing different kind of acts and activities for people to watch so that you know they can you know celebrate it with people it is hosted by the children of junoor so it's like this thing where we are trying to celebrate it with others given like we can't celebrate it with you know physically being there well so, yeah. 
Okay. Also, a follow-up question by Ashwini, who's traveling right now. Um, what about self-defense classes? You know, when you told that the kids are prone to getting hurt or getting physically or mentally abused, um, have you all considered self-defense classes? Of course, of course, we have. And as a part of the Believe in El, Believe in Your Elf uh, online event, we also have like this. Uh, act of self defense where uh, we have like these two uh, trainers who kind of explain to us that it does not matter if you are like a 4 year old kid or a 15 year old kid you can still defend yourself yes right so we do have like those classes where these children learn about self defense what they can do what they should do right and we also have uh, you know awareness sessions about uh, going and awareing like you know telling people about what they face instead of like just bottling it up like counseling sessions uh, so that you know they are aware of what they can do and what they you know should. also which points and which parts of their body should be allowed to touch as per I think right, right? definitely we do have we, yeah, we do have good touch bad touch uh, sessions as well so yeah we've kind of tried to make it into a very wholesome kind of like you know something that uh gives you like an entire I don't know I'm, I'm not getting the right word for it hmm. I feel like you've just covered like quite a, a bit yes, as a development personality as well as a mental barrier which they need to face this at least especially Mumbai and also I think you mentioned you had a few kids around 15 and 16 right who were married off hmm. so if you still have such students of that age gap, are you all doing awareness for puberty as well as menstrual cycles as well? Definitely, definitely. So uh, we do uh, give them like awareness sessions about sanitary pads and stuff like that, uh, how to use it and when they should use it. So during lockdown, we also like gave them uh, sanitary napkins as a part of like the ration kit that we were providing for them. And uh, yeah, we also like you know tell them that you know they have other options than getting married and even if they are married they can you know still come and study and still go and get a job and uh, be better uh, so do you have any collaboration with any other NGOs we have collaborated with like a number of NGOs uh, over the time and who have kind of helped us throughout um, some of the NGOs like uh, in fact like uh, recently this NGO called uh, Spreading Smiles of Joy what they have been doing is that they have been recording like these video stories uh, to make like learning fun you know for the children and they send us those videos and we used to show it on the phone to all these children and we used to ask questions and you know we used to make it like really fun we used to make props and things like that so today they sent us a tablet, uh, you know, to you know use that to like show their videos. So, you know, collaborations like that. This NGO also helped us taking care of that child who was uh, injured because he was in a hospital which was in town. And for uh, a team uh, like an all my entire team is based in the suburb, and I can't expect like kids to like go to the hospital every day, stay there, and things like that, right? So we uh, you put it out on social media again, which was a great like a great help. 
because of which uh, this NGO kind of contacted us and said that okay, we live over here near this hospital, and we can volunteer to go and see the child and be with the child. They also arranged for ward boys and nurses for the uh, you know for them to stay the entire night with the child. So uh, we have collaborated with them. We have collaborated with this NGO called We Bring Joy. uh which is like a fundraising ngo they conduct events and fundraise for uh, ngos that they have collaborated with and they have uh, you know they have helped us uh, fundraise a lot like i think uh, almost like maybe 3 to 4 lakhs over 2 years uh, they have helped us fundraise and um, uh, otherwise there is uh, this ngo uh with my aunt runs in delhi so they also collaborated with us in order to give ration to the families in during covid so yeah we we kind of uh, we even lions club so lions club helped us uh, you know collaborate for the art exhibition so we have a lot of uh, ngos that we kind of collaborate with help other help other mumbai they have like other branches they also came forward to like you know send people to stay with the boy when he was in the hospital so you know uh, one thing that i've learned that when you put it out there uh, you know people do come to help like and that has been so nice like in a world where you know things just feel like they aren't going right when you find people who are you know ready to be so selfless like i remember there were kids okay who had exams the next day coming and staying with the boy who was injured at the hospital and it is so inspiring that people would you know come forward to do that so yeah it's been it's been a very you know inspiring journey damn that sounds amazing and also kind of encompasses my next question which was uh, regarding if you have any nice story or anecdote you would like to share with us regarding junoon so i remember when uh, one day like you know uh, there were like these two women who were fighting at the station okay and the fight was getting like really really ugly okay so they were uh, picking up bricks and you know they were going to like go pull at each other so i obviously i like and everyone had gathered around to see you know what is happening what is not that right so um i remember that i went and i stopped one of the ladies and i was like you know what are you doing you know you keep the stone down or whatever and one of my kids came and told me and it was a 7 year old okay he's like uh, teacher uh, please don't stay here you shouldn't see all of this why because uh, he thought that you know i am not used to seeing people fight like this and i shouldn't because you know either i might get hurt or you know whatever he thought protective for of me, you for me yeah you know for for him to think that way okay and uh, so while i was saying this it, like i really want to share this you know one incident where uh, i think 2019 november i'd gone to dubai uh to speak at like the world tolerance summit uh so i was coming back on my birthday and i was really tired but i knew that i was going to go home and the first thing i was going to do is go to the station meet the kids and then you know whatever uh, meet my friends so i get a call at the airport only of uh, like my dad called me is like okay, where are you have you reached 
and stuff i said yeah okay arneet and uh, i'm coming back home he's like okay then after some time he calls me he's like acha listen do you want to meet for coffee i said i am coming back home <laughs> why are you asking me if i want to go out for coffee and i don't even like coffee and he knows that okay i was like listen i'm i'm just i'm just coming home and then one of my volunteers called me she wished me happy birthday i asked her where she was she's like she's at her library in college and she meet me the next day and the next day only we were supposed to celebrate it at the station with all the volunteers and stuff so uh, i go back home and i remember just ringing the bell and i enter and like my kids and my volunteers had like you know they were there and they had done up the entire place and oh uh, it was it was really touching like i cried because i don't think i have felt as special as i did that day and uh, it was really special to see how my volunteers came together and how the teachers came together and how you know they managed to plan everything and it was so sweet like they made me a scrapbook which uh, had messages written from everyone starting from my grandmother to the lady who works in my house to my dad who is like not a very uh, you know he's not a very he doesn't show his emotions you know a lot for him to like write what he wrote in the book and you know they and they made a video where all the kids were wishing me and uh, you know all of these instances make me want to do this so much more because i know how what a positive vibe or a positive energy you know it lets out yeah that's that's what i want to that's share that's very sweet yeah i saw the video and it was really touching it was very cute yeah so do you have any message you would like to give uh, our listeners so one message would be that if you really feel about something you should go ahead and do it okay uh the second thing and i mean it is one life you're either going to learn from it or you're either going to like enjoy it right and both of them are are equally important so if you really feel strongly about something go give a try okay because i'm i'm sure you will not regret it in the future uh the second thing is that we need to go out and help people there are people who need help and we have needed help at some point in our life and we have received that help because of which we are where we are and there are people who haven't received the help because of which they cannot reach where they want to reach and uh, you know like i quoted benjamin franklin in my tedx uh, which i'm going to do here also where he says that uh, justice will only be served when people who are unaffected are as outraged as the people who are right so we need to stand up for people who cannot stand up for themselves and uh, i'm sure and you know it is a very satisfying thing like i have been working with children in schools and in like uh, you know organizations uh, like play schools and daycares for 7 years and i have never felt this happy and this satisfied with what i do and uh, you know it has been it has been crazy so yeah we are so glad and proud that we could get you on the podcast i i've already said it i'm really proud to know you and i'm 
um, it's amazing the work that you do and you know i wish i can uh i hope to help yeah we would like to be a part of it i feel like as much as we can as we can definitely yeah uh we will link the description in the description all the links to your volunteer the link tree links as well as well as the posts that you have for the upcoming santa box the gift box that we can order till 24th right so we will put that out right. too thank you so much guys thank you so much it was so nice talking to both of you and i wish you all the best for uh, your podcast because uh, i think it's a really cool thing i think and i loved being here thank you so much, much so glad to thank have you, you once thank again you. and thank you so much for your time and all the best to you too